Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever. And Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome Morgan to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for having me. You and your husband have been together for 10 years. Can you tell me how you met? So we actually met at school. We were sort of put together in this band program. He played guitar and I sung and we both did this sort of out of school band program on the weekends. And pretty much as soon as I saw him, I was totally in love. I was 14. So, you know, hopelessly romantically in love with him because he was cool and he played guitar and he had long hair. And 10 years later, here we are. At that stage, you know, you're both young. Was defence in the plan for your husband or was that something that he came around to later on? Like where did um, defence and him joining come into the picture? It was never really in the picture to begin with. When he left school, he went into the mechanic apprenticeship. So he worked as a mechanic for many years. And so his dad was in the army when he was young and they travelled around from place to place. And, you know, he sort of, he knew military life. He didn't really want to join the army. He didn't really think that was for him. But the sort of older he got, the more he realised that he would like to do something within the military. And he did have a great love for, you know, boats and the ocean and that kind of thing. So he just sort of put two and two together and he just came to me one day. And he said, you know, I've got to say, honestly, I think I, I want to join the Navy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah, it was just from there. So that was sort of the end of 2015, the start of 2016. He really was like, okay, I'm going to make a go for it. And we're going to start the process. You mentioned that you were happy about him wanting to join defense and that you were like, yep, let's go for it. But did you think any more about what that would mean for you guys? Obviously, you've been together for five years at that stage and you were planning to have a future together. Did you think about what that would mean for you as a spouse and then for you guys as a couple? I was a little apprehensive. Obviously, you know, I was excited for him and it was something he really wanted to do. So I definitely wanted to support him in that. But there was a little part of me that was apprehensive. But I also think I was a little, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I thought, oh, this is going to be really cool. You know, it's a very kind of noble thing. And it's, you know, I can be really proud of him. And, you know, we'll have this cool life or we'll travel Australia and, and experience all these different things. And, you know, I didn't really think about the aspect of him being away or us having to upheave our life every six months to a year. And so, yeah, I think I was really blind to what military life actually was. And I just had this really sort of rose-coloured glasses kind of view on it, thinking it would be really awesome. So, you know, at that stage and throughout the whole, you know, it took him almost 18 months to actually get in. And throughout that whole process, you know, I was excited. There was a little bit of part of me that was apprehensive, but mostly I was just excited. So what was your introduction to Defence Life like? Where did he go for training? Like how long were you apart? Like what was it like at the first stages? So he left at the end of August in 2018. He went to Cerberus and was there for 11 weeks. And, you know, we did the whole didn't 
have contact for the first few weeks and then he would write to me about you know we previously in our relationship had written a lot of letters to each other so he wrote me letters from Cerberus and I wrote them back and you know we talked when we could and at that point I was still like obviously I was really upset when he left because there was a bit of a debacle the day he enlisted they had spent too much time doing paperwork and then when we actually got to the ceremony they did the ceremony we only had about five minutes to spend with them before they left usually I think it's about half an hour but we only got five minutes and that that stressed me out I was like oh my gosh and I think that was my very first inkling into what life would actually be like in the military that nothing ever goes to plan so you sort of just have to think on your feet and move with it as it goes and and I was obviously upset in the beginning having him being away we'd not long you know moved in together for the first time in our own apartment without flatmates so you know I was missing him and living on my own you know I, I sort of got used to it but I think after those 11 weeks and even when he graduated I was still thinking this is great this is awesome you know that wasn't that was a piece of cake so what happened when he finished at Cerberus where did he go from there did he come back to where you were like how did it work he came back to Perth because we were living obviously we're from Perth so he came back to Perth and he had to go back for IETs which is another 26 weeks I think I think it equated to about six months and one day I sort of said to him it was it was probably about halfway through his break over Christmas and New Year's and I said what if I moved there with you we could live on you know on on the patch and we could have our own house and I could move to Victoria with you because my sister lived there and it was you know I thought this would be cool and it was a bit of a spur of the moment idea and then he said oh well maybe and so I jumped on the computer and looked through everything and I came up against people were saying to me oh you can't move anywhere you know toll won't move you unless it's more than six months and I think that posting of his for his IETs was just a little bit longer than six months and so I was like cool let's do it so I you know pretty much within one weekend I had decided yep this is it I'm going to move to Victoria and we're going to spend our time together there and then we'll go from there wherever we go and at that point we were also planning our wedding which was back in Perth so you know my family were trying to tell me stay in Perth stay in Perth because you know we can plan the wedding and it won't be difficult but I was dead set I was like nope I want to go be with him so I'm going and we can plan it from over there and then I'll fly back to the wedding and you know it actually all worked out quite well Um, I really enjoyed my time down there in Cerberus you know and being close to the base and just being surrounded by Navy people was was good and he you know didn't go away the whole time so we just really enjoyed it and we were for the first probably year of him being in the military for us it was really quite cruisy we got really lucky that we didn't come up against a lot of drama and he wasn't away that often so again I was thinking this is great I can do this and (laughs) it was all leading up to maybe I can't do this in you know now. So when you moved over there did you quit a job and did you find something over there like how did you wrap everything up so quickly and move over there? I was only working a casual job at that point I'd been there for three years but it was still only a casual job so I pretty much put in my two weeks notice and said I'm going and it was pretty impulsive but you know I think I have a bit of that personality where if I want something I want it now and I want to go for it so that was the decision we'd made and yeah so I left that job and then when I went over to Victoria I sort of started looking for jobs but if anyone you know anyone who knows Cerberus and and knows sort of Hastings and that kind of area on Mornington Peninsula there's not a great deal of work down there and I had sort of experience in the childcare sector but I didn't have any sort of deployment 
diplomas or anything like that or any certificates behind me to get the jobs that you know I could have gone into as the job that I left in Perth it sort of fell in my lap at one point or another so I found it really difficult to get a job and then for the whole six months we lived there I never worked so that was difficult especially because we were planning a wedding you know we're lucky we had saved previously to that but yeah I just spent a lot of time at home or went to the gym on base and just did a lot around the house and watched a lot of Netflix pretty much. Yeah so when you decided to move to Cerberus with him were you already recognized de facto did you have all of that paperwork sorted out what did you have to do to make that possible? So we were already recognized as de facto we pretty much got that sorted as soon as he went in because we were living together and because we luckily had all the support paperwork that you need to submit you know when you go for being recognized as a facto making that process a lot easier because sometimes that can take a couple of months and by the time it's sorted there's no point in moving because it's nearly time for them to move back absolutely and and i think that's what i came up against a lot is people saying it's not worth it it's not worth it it's going to take time but being somebody from an admin background i knew what actually goes into not so much specifically defense but i know what goes into paperwork and processing things and you know i know it takes a lot of time but you know i just kept on following up with them and said have you received this paperwork are you actioning this letting them know that we we had these intentions to move so luckily for us they moved quite quickly with toll and everything like that like I said we we pretty much just kept getting quite lucky and they you know they moved really quickly and, and we managed to get everything wrapped up and sorted and I was over there pretty much within a matter of weeks. So how do you feel it went with you being there while he was doing his IETs was he under a lot of pressure was he able to spend quality time with you or was it just the fact that you guys were in the same location and you kind of let him do his thing so he could focus on you know doing what he needed to do for that it was just nice that we were in the same place I think he sort of got especially over the six months we were there I think he got a little bit frustrated that I was home all the time you know he never really had downtime to himself where I wasn't around because I wasn't working so whenever he was home I was home and we only had one car at the time so you know unless I went up and stayed with my sister I would be there all the time but in the same vein you know I always you know encouraged him to when it was the weekend and all the folks from service were going out you know to Mornington I would say yeah yeah go with them like you know don't feel like you have to be at home with me like you know go out and enjoy and we always had people over because we were pretty much in his unit um we were the only sort of people who lived off base and so my husband's friends for them to get a break they would come and stay at our place and we would have barbecues and that kind of thing so you know we had a pretty good social life over there and and on the weekends you know we would go driving around the peninsula and enjoying what Victoria had offer because both of us growing up in Perth if anyone else you know knows Perth they know that it's pretty much like a small town there's not a great deal to do here and and being over in Victoria it's like oh my gosh it's a whole new world of all these you know interesting and incredible experiences so we kind of just enjoyed that freedom together which was really nice and you know the first time we were away from our families and of course we missed them but we enjoyed doing whatever we wanted to do. I guess on the flip side when you were saying that you know you were in each other's pockets and you kind of couldn't get away from each other when looking back when you're apart from each other because he's away so 
the whatever he's doing with the navy you're probably thinking remember that time when we were in each other's pockets and we just wanted to get away from each other and now we're away from each other and we just want to be in each other's pockets (laughs) yeah absolutely but I feel like as well like I have almost two lives and that sounds kind of strange and probably to anyone who's not in defense like they would think it's really strange but I have a life when he's here and a life when he's away kind of thing and it takes some time to transition from one to the other of course I miss him when he's away but I do try to count my blessings and think that you know the bed's all to myself and when I clean the house stays clean and I can eat whatever I want for dinner because I am a pasta hater I hate pasta uh, and my husband loves pasta so when he is not home I don't ever have to cook pasta yeah I think a lot of people would be able to relate with the whole I have this life when they're not here and then this other life when they are here yeah it's really hard to explain but and you kind of when they are back you kind of miss that other life even though you yeah. really want them to be back like it's catch 22 you like miss ha- not having to clean every two days as opposed yeah. to but yeah. you want them home but you don't want them to mess the house up so exactly but I think as I when he is home I do remember that yes we're married and yes we're a couple and yes we love each other but we're also two separate people at the end of the day and sometimes he just needs an afternoon to go and just chill in his you know music room and jam and not have me in his ear and then sometimes I you know just have to get out and I'll go to the spa or something just to have some time to ourselves even when he is home so we both try and recognize that we are two separate people and no matter how much we miss each other when he is away you know we still have to remind ourselves that being in each other's pocket is not good for either of us because we just end up getting so cranky with each other and then it turns bad so yes do you feel like that approach actually helps you when you transition back to him being away because yes you do have this life when he's away and this life when he's there but you still consistently have that focus on doing your own things when you are together because then life sort of keeps going when you're separated absolutely you know that independence is important to keep going because when they are here if you get so reliant on them if everything you do is based on them and the fact that they come home every day when they're gone I know me personally if I relied on him 100% when he would leave I would just fall to pieces so it's important to keep that independence even when they are home so that when they do go you can easily transition back to okay I'm on my own and I have to do everything on my own but I've got this because I know how to be independent and I have that strength behind me that I've built up even when he's home. Yeah, as opposed to being like, oh, thank goodness they're home. I can go back to normal now because it's never going to be like that. It's more like, okay, they're gone now and they're not here to do this or that or we can't be together for this. But, you know, I've still got my gym class that I go to and I've still got my catch up that I go to with my friends and that hasn't all stopped while they were home. And you want to spend every minute together because you don't know what time you have together because they might have to go away at last minute or they might have a course or whatever the case, making sure that you keep that consistency when they are home ultimately builds that foundation for a life as a defense spouse absolutely that's so true because yeah you just have to yeah you just have to build that foundation like you said because otherwise you'll just fall apart when they're gone and you won't you won't know what to do and I when he did first go away I was like oh this is strange coming home to in an empty house and but I quickly learned that, all right, I've got to pick myself up and we've got to get through this because he'll come home eventually. So <laughs> just got to keep focusing on myself when he's gone because it's a big part of keeping your mental psyche strong and keeping your mental health in balance is have that independence in yourself and have that strength in yourself. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about defence banks sooner. 
Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. When he finished up at Cerberus and doing his IETs, what happened from there? Where did you post from there? Has he been away? Like what has happened from there? So we got married and then when he finished his IETs, we got posted to Sydney, which I wasn't too fond of. I didn't love Sydney, but, you know, again, it was like, oh, this is an adventure. It's a place we've never been to before. So we did the drive from Melbourne to Sydney and got to our house and sort of got to know Sydney. And luckily I was able to find a job quite quickly. So I started in that job and really, really enjoyed it. It was such a fantastic job and such great people. So that sort of lessened the blow of Sydney a little bit um, because it's such a chaotic place and so not what we were used to because we went from Perth to Cerberus, which are both very slow and quiet places. And then we went to Sydney, which is this big old chaotic city. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. (laughs) And he went on to a new ship and he did a few trips here and there, but then came the big one, the big decommissioning tour, which was a five month tour. And so I was really nervous about that because it's the first time he had been away since Cerberus and it would have been the longest time we were apart from each other. So I spent a lot of time preparing for that, but I think probably preparing in the wrong way because basically what we did we you know made sure that the car was all good and and we made sure that everything that I would have you know all the bills would be paid while he was away and that kind of thing and we just spent every minute together because we knew that he was going to leave so we tried to fit as much in as we could while he was there and I think that I, I built it up so much that when he went away I was thinking oh my gosh I can't do this but you know also in the same token a couple of weeks before he went away I felt pregnant but I didn't know I was pregnant when he left it was only after he'd left that I found out so you know throughout that entire five month trip he couldn't come back for any of the appointments or anything like that and then I suffered my miscarriage and then he had to come back on an emergency flight and it was just coming from having such a cruisy first you know 18 months into defense life and then being thrown into this where you know we were considering moving home because I was pregnant so we had organized all of that and then two days before uplift I had a miscarriage and so he had to fly home from overseas and and being in Sydney as well we had no family I had a couple of friends but they weren't those super close friends that you could go to anything with and so you know it was hard to find that support when I did have my miscarriage so you know my only support was in him and so he had to come home and then we uplifted and came back to Perth and everything slowly started to settle down after that but yeah that year we were in Sydney was just absolutely tumultuous. So you ticked all the boxes thinking that you had everything covered but obviously you can't predict the unexpected. We didn't think that I would be pregnant while he was away so we didn't plan for any of that whatsoever and obviously we didn't plan on having a miscarriage either so we just didn't think that things were going to be that tough because I had a job and you know I was keeping busy with that so we just thought yeah it's just going to be like how it always has been and he's 
going to go away and then he's going to come back. And we were pretty lucky because the ship that he was on, the captain was very active on Facebook. So pretty much we got a photo every day. Once a week, they would do a big post about what they'd been doing. And the captain would send out sort of family emails and he and I could back and forth email, you know, personally, which was really nice as well. So it was nice to have that personal support. And when I did have my miscarriage, I got a lot of calls and emails personally from the CEO and the XO and, you know, the chaplain from the base and they came over and made sure that I was okay. So having that personal support was just incredible. Firstly, how did you go about telling him that you were pregnant considering you weren't expecting it and he was away? And then, you know, because you're in a new place and did you even have a doctor that you could go to? Like what happened? It was actually the day I found out I was pregnant was actually his birthday. And so he had been planning to call me that night anyway. We'd only been trying for a very, very short time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was not not expecting it at all. And so once he did phone me and I just said, happy birthday, daddy. And he was like, what? I'm like, I'm pregnant. I didn't love having to tell him over the phone. You know, had imagined in my head when I was younger, you know, announcing my pregnancy to my husband was going to be this whole other beautiful, magical thing. But no, it was just me standing in the bathroom with him while I was in my pajamas, talking to him while he was in the middle of the ocean. So he was on his tour and he was pulling into Perth for a freedom of entry parade. And since I was from Perth, I was like, oh my gosh, this worked out perfectly. So I flew from Sydney over to Perth for this freedom of entry and, and he was in Perth for the weekend. So I was like, oh, I can go, you know, I can get this chance to see him and also see our families. And we told our family and our friends. And it was so, so great because I thought being over in Sydney, we're not going to get the chance to tell everybody in person. And the fact that we did and we got to do these nice little reveals over in our hometown with our family was really nice. So yeah, things are going quite well. And then as his tour progressed and my pregnancy progressed and we sort of chatted, we would email probably about once a week and I emailed him and said, I think I should move to Perth. So we knew that his next posting would be a posting in Perth. And so I said, I think I should move ahead of you so I can get a house and get sorted, you know, be with my family while I'm pregnant and you can come over afterwards once you finish your tour. And he thought, that's a great idea. I don't want you to be alone in Sydney. So super, we'll organise that. So I organised the whole move, you know, and I quit my job and everything was going really great. And then two days before we our uplift I started bleeding and by midnight that night we were told that our baby was gone and so how did you cope with that without your partner being there it was really really tough I was lucky to have my navy friend the one with the three girls and I I thought you know we were sort of newly friends at that stage we'd hung out a few times but I felt like I could sort of confide in her so I just I was like you know what I'll just ring her and so I rang her and I said, I think I'm having a miscarriage. Can you take me to the hospital? And she only lived about 15 minutes away from me, but she dropped everything, left the kids with her husband and came over to me. And she took me to the hospital and she sat with me the whole time. And she was just so amazing. And even though, you know, we hadn't been friends for very long, we just felt this like instant connection. And, you know, she was there for me, which was really nice. But having to make that call while I was in the hospital because, you know, comms were off on my husband's ship, so I couldn't get in contact with him at all. So I had to make that emergency call to the welfare hotline and just said look this is what's happening I need you to get in contact with my husband's ship immediately and 48 hours later he was back on my doorstep 
and there was even drama in that they were thinking oh no we're not gonna we're not gonna put him on a defense plane he's gonna go on a civilian plane and then the exo turned around and sort of luckily advocated for us and said no he needs to be home now i was so so grateful to have him advocate for us in that situation otherwise my husband wouldn't have been home for a week or so and i was just so so grateful for that support that we did get because like you said it it turned a severely traumatic experience into an okay experience because if we hadn't have had that support i think things would have just been 10 times worse so how were you feeling with your husband flying back to the ship after you'd been through processing the miscarriage together and um, spending that time together? It was the hardest goodbye that I had ever sort of faced within Defence Life. I think probably that is on par with the first time he left because, you know, like we were saying before, when you rely on them 100% for everything and then when they're gone, it's like you've sort of lost the limb and you don't know what to do. And so I felt a bit like that. I felt a little bit lost for the last couple of weeks that he was on the ship and before he came back to Perth I just felt kind of like I was in between I don't really know how to explain it but I just felt like I was in between two different lives and and two different versions of myself where I didn't know you know people were you know when I was really spending time with my old friends and I was really happy and people were thinking oh you know you're looking so happy and you're looking so well you know you look like you really bounced back but then you know when I'd be at home on my own at night I'd just be in bed just absolutely in tears so that I just felt like I was sort of at war with two sides of myself and and in between one phase of my life you know and not knowing where to go in the next phase and not knowing which step to take next yeah sort of in a holding pattern until I guess your husband came home and you could move forward together after what had just happened because of although he was able to come back and you're able to process it together for a, a little bit you still haven't sort of moved forward in everyday life together dealing with this traumatic thing that's happened to you yeah we were still just a bit in limbo once he got back from that trip how long was it until you posted out like what happened when he got back yeah when he came back he just posted to Ballarat and they were pretty much alongside for the first six months that we were here and then he went on and did his course so again we were in that pretty cruisy stage where we could plan ahead and we sort of knew where he would be over the next 18 months so we sort of vaguely tried to plan around that I know you can't always plan exactly how it's going to be because plans always change but we decided to sort of put baby plans aside and try and focus on other aspects of our life so we decided since we're here in Perth to build a house. How did you feel moving back to Perth considering that was your hometown after you'd moved away and been to you know these other locations and and now you were definitely a defense couple now and you'd been living that life for a few years. How was it moving back to Perth and seeing all your old friends and family but I guess being a different person and having had been through postings and military life and all of that side of life but going back to where you came from. It was a little jarring at first you know obviously I was so thrilled to be moving back home you know we're very close with our families so it was amazing being able to move back but it was also hard to reconnect with my old friends because I had basically in the eastern states only had military wife friends with people who are in the military and so coming back and speaking to my old friends it was sort of like it kind of felt like they didn't quite get it and you know it sometimes felt like the things we would talk about would be trivial 
compared to some of the stuff that we had faced in military life. At the end of the day, it just felt like they didn't quite understand what was involved in military life and, and the sacrifices that we have had to make over the last several years. So how do you balance that, I guess, and get your head around that? Because, you know, already you've had to accept that life from being a couple before you were in defence was totally different and now you've gotten used to this military life and now you come back and your friends and your family are there and, you know, obviously you love your friends and family but you feel like you've got one foot in one world and the other foot in the other and trying to balance that is really hard. So how did you sort of get your head around that? I think I had to sort of accept the fact that coming back here and and coming back to my old friends, things were not ever going to be exactly like they were you know, time with my friends was never going to be the same as it was before we were a defence couple. And I had a lot of friends who didn't want to be friends with me or, you know, me and my husband anymore because we had moved and we, you know, they felt abandoned because we left to pursue this military life. And they thought, how how could you, how could you leave Perth? How could you leave your home and your family and that kind of thing? And luckily, none of my family are like that. But some of my friends were, and I think it, was, it took accepting the fact that things were never going to go back to normal. So I'm just going to have to roll with what I've got now. And, you know, I'm so lucky to have a little group of true friends who stuck by me when, you know, everything was going down and listened to me when I was ranting that, you know, my husband was away and what was me. And I think it just took finding the right people and the understanding people to be able to balance old friends and new friends. So did you or do you make use of any of the spouse support? Do you go to any events or do you connect with spouses in in various ways, the community house? So pretty much I connect with them online. So I'm part of the Young Defence Partners group on Facebook. Especially when I lived in Victoria, I would catch up with um, some of the girls from that group. And being over here, I've been to a couple of DCO events. But I think some of them feel a little bit too general sometimes. And I I think I I gave this feedback in the survey that, you know, a lot of the times they're just like, oh, come one, come all. And that's really nice and all. But sometimes they're catered a lot towards, you know, spouses with children. And being a spouse without children, sometimes I feel like, oh, I can't really go to that event because I don't have kids and I'm going to look like a weirdo. There are some events that are, you know, a coffee and a catch up, but also Working full-time, it's difficult as well to find time to go to the events because a lot of the time they're in school hours because they're targeted towards people with kids. So I think having maybe more specific events for spouses without kids or people who work full-time. So what have you learned along the way? What can you tell other people that might be just starting this journey as a spouse? Their partner might have just gone off to Cerberus or, you know, they might be going through their first deployment. You're a few years into it. What can you tell us about what you've learned along the way? Definitely expect the unexpected. You know, people tell you that you're never going to be able to plan in defence life. And I think that's probably true. It's very difficult to plan around defense and movements and posting and that kind of thing so I think it's just being able to let go of what you can't control and focusing on what you can control I just always have to remind myself to focus on what I can control so myself and what I do in the day-to-day and my mental health and my self-care so that's what I can control and the rest will 
eventually fall into place. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Morgan, and telling us all about your experience as a defence spouse and all that goes with, you know, making a last minute decision to post with your husband over to another state and experience it that way and against the advice of others. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 